0: Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, really, truly, substantially present here in our midst in the blessed sacrament, we adore you, we believe in you, we hope in you, we believe that you want to be here with us tonight, Lord. We thank you for wanting to be here with us. We thank you for wanting to make us happy here. For wanting our joy to be complete. For wanting your joy, your Holy Spirit, to be in us. We ask you, Lord, tonight for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. to heal us, to strengthen us, to unite us more and more to yourself and to the Father and to one another. Please help us to hear your words tonight. Open the ears of our hearts. Open the eyes of our hearts. Help us to see your beauty, your goodness, and your truth here in this blessed sacrament and in your word Mother Mary, we want to crown you the queen of our time together here as we entrust ourselves to your immaculate heart. As we pray together, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I know it's hard to see for some of you, but we have an image of St. Therese of the child Jesus in front of the ambo here tonight. And in case you didn't know, today is her feast day. And maybe some of you don't yet know the little flower as she is affectionately known, but you're going to get to know her a little bit here tonight. And I would encourage all of you to get to know her better because not only was she a saint, but she was even declared a doctor of the church, even though she never took a theology class, at least one in the university. So a pretty amazing young woman because she died at only 24 years of age after joining the convent as a teenager. So although she didn't live a very long life, she has had a very big impact on the church. And in the readings for her feast day, we read from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So I'm going to read that to begin here tonight. It's from chapter 66 of the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad because of her. All you who love her, exalt, exalt with her. All you who were mourning over her, oh, that you may suck fully of the milk of her comfort, that you may nurse with delight at her abundant breasts. For thus says the Lord, lo, I will spread prosperity over her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing torrent. As nurslings, You shall be carried in her arms and fondled in her lap. As a mother comforts her son, so will I comfort you. In Jerusalem, you shall find your comfort. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bodies flourish like the grass. The Lord's power shall be known to his servants. This was a reading that really touched the heart of Therese, especially the, the part that says, as a mother comforts her son, so will I comfort you. Because in France, she was from France, in France, there was still a lot of Jansenism that was plaguing the church and a lot of Christian Catholic spirituality, and Jansenism focused more on the justice of God and God's wrath, and even more than that, like the wretchedness of human nature, and it was not a very positive or uplifting spirituality, to say the least. And Therese didn't like it at all. And she was always looking for signs and scripture passages that would speak to her more about God's goodness and mercy. And so here the prophet Isaiah is portraying God as a loving mother. And that got Therese excited. One of the things that Therese tried to convey to her sisters, was her little way. Her little way. And her little way was all about God's love. It was about doing little things with great love. She was all about spiritual childhood, as she would write about it. Becoming a child. And in a minute, I'll read from... The gospel for today. But Therese wanted her sisters to know that God didn't want to intimidate them. He didn't want them to follow him out of fear, but out of love. That they wanted, That God wanted them to be motivated, not out of fear, but out of love. And so to become like a child, to become childlike was to have a lot of trust in God. Just as a little child trusts in his or her parents to take care and to provide for them, so Therese was inspired to have this great trust and this great confidence, this great boldness in her relationship with God. She really sensed that as small as she was, because she wasn't known for having any mystical experiences or visions, there was nothing really extraordinary, so to speak, about her relationship with God. It was simple. It was profound. Rooted and grounded in faith, in hope, and in love. But what really set her apart was her great boldness in her relationship with God. Asking for great things. Wanting great things from God. Wanting souls to be saved. Wanting to know Him better. Wanting to have experiences that although they weren't extraordinary per se, were profound and personal and touching. And God answered her prayers. God absolutely answered her prayers. And he wants that for all of us. That was her thing, too. That she could be, she could, we can all relate to her. She's very relatable. Even though she was a nun and lived in a convent, the fact that she didn't have some of these extraordinary experiences that many saints have had gives us hope. That we too, even in our littleness, in our weakness, can have a great friendship with God. That God wants that. That he wants us to ask and to seek and to knock on the door of his heart for whatever we need. Just as a child asks for whatever it needs from its parents. So in the gospel from today's Mass, we read from the Gospel according to Matthew Chapter 18, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So it's not to humble yourself so as to say I'm wretched, I'm rotten I'm no good No God is not about humiliation But rather he's about dependence on him He's about trust and confidence in him Knowing that whatever we do whatever we have it comes from him And so he just wants us to come to him To depend on Him. Not in some servile way, but in a childlike way, in a joyful way, in a simple way, but in a confident way. And so we go to God with this spirit, this humble, trusting spirit, and He rewards that. He shows Himself to those who approach Him with that kind of faith and simplicity and humility, And so don't humiliate yourself before the Lord, but humble yourself and ask him to get to know him better. Ask him to reveal himself to you as he really is, and he will answer that prayer. We're going to pray for all sorts of things like that together at the end with this handout. So I hope everybody got a handout. But let me just say a thing, too, about Teresa's own desires. She really felt like God put all these kinds of desires on her heart. And she said, you know, if God put all of these good desires on my heart, then he must want to fulfill them in some way. Desires for him, desires to have his grace and mercy spread, throughout the world, the desire to save souls. And she had great desires. She wanted to be, you know, all things. She really had a hard time deciding what exactly God wanted her to do or what he wanted her to be. Because in a sense, she felt like she wanted to be a priest and a missionary and a great preacher and a martyr. And, you know, she wanted to do it all. And she was really kind of disturbed. She was distressed. Like, what is it that the Lord wants of me? And she kept searching the scriptures until one day she came to Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapters 12 and 13, where Paul's talking about the gifts, the different spiritual gifts. But then he gets down to the the foundation of it all, faith, hope, and love. And he says, the greatest of these is love. It's the greatest way. We can't go wrong with love. And that really spoke to her heart. She realized that if the mystical body of Christ had a heart, that heart was full of love and needed, in a sense, people to fill the mystical body with love, that love then would be pumped out to all of the different members of the mystical body. But without love, that work was useless. It was pointless. So she was going to be love in the heart of the church. And with love then, she would cover everything. In a sense, she could be everywhere. She could do everything if she loved And it's not like she did great things in the eyes of the world, but she did little things with great love. And that was sort of the genius of her little way as well. Not only was it about spiritual childhood, but it was about doing small things with great love. And so we can all do that. Mother Teresa really picked up on that as well. She said, in the missionaries of charity, it's not like we do great things, but we do small things with great love. And sometimes we fail to appreciate how important it is to do little things with love. Some people call that purity of intention. Whatever you want to call it, it's important And it adds great value to everything we do. I was watching a video about a near-death experience that this woman had. And while she was watching the review of her life with Jesus, the first time she watched it, she saw all of the things that were really important to her. But then Jesus had her put on this pair of glasses, so she described them, But they helped her to see her life again, but from God's perspective, from his point of view. And she said it looked a lot different. From God's point of view, she was able to see how important all the little things were, all the little acts of love that she did and that she received, that she witnessed, I think for all of us, that's something that we can take to heart. She was also shown the fact that God has an infinite number of gifts, that each and every one of us, in fact, is a unique gift to humanity, to the church. I think most of you have heard me say that I like to compare this idea to coffee, in a sense. That each and every one of you is a unique blend of truth, goodness, and beauty. So only you can love the way that you love. And God wants to express his love through you in a unique way. That he wants to not only make you happy, but then he wants to make others happy through you in a unique way. So that spiritual childhood has two sides to it. Number one, as we saw in that first reading, God wants to love us. And he wants to make us happy, just as a mother wants to make her child happy. So let's put our faith in that tonight, that God wants to make us happy, not necessarily in the the way that the world thinks, but from heaven's perspective. From heaven's point of view, God wants to fill us with his joy, with his love, with his divine, unconditional love. And once we get filled up with that, once we have that experience, which God wants all of you to have tonight, we're healed, we're inspired, we're strengthened, we're encouraged to go out and share that love, to spread that good news to be joyful missionary disciples ourselves. And so that's something we can all do, even in little ways. When we do little things with great love, it has a great impact on the church and in the world. So much so that we'll probably never appreciate it until we get to heaven. And now Therese, with her little way, with her flowers from heaven... Is blessing people all over the world. She knew it. She called it before she died that she would be very active, more active than ever after she died. Because now people are asking for her favors, for her intercession from all over the world. And so we ask her tonight to shower us with flowers, her flowers of grace and mercy and healing. So whatever you need tonight, be bold. Be bold and ask with faith. And as I said, we're going to ask right now for lots of things that have more to do with the heart than the body. But even if you need a physical healing, I encourage you to ask for that tonight as well. So the first paragraph that you see explains the dynamic of this prayer. I encourage you to keep praying this on your own. I've been working on this prayer for like four months now. And as I pray with it, because it's one that I wrote, as I pray with it, I add things, I edit things. And so I hope this speaks to your heart tonight. I hope the Lord touches your heart through this prayer tonight and that you take it home and make it your own. Feel free to, to mark it up and to add things or edit things yourself. But for tonight, we'll pray it together, and we will ask through the intercession of St. Therese for this prayer to be answered in a great way for all of us. So we'll start with Lord Jesus there, that second paragraph. Lord Jesus, I believe that you really want to make me happy because I believe that I am very important to you, I believe that you have chosen me and that you want me to feel wanted by you just for who I am. I believe that God really wants to be my Father and that he has high hopes for me today because he is with me like a mighty champion and wants to defend me. Please increase my faith. May I come to know and experience that everything you say about me and about our Father is true. I choose to believe that I am fearfully, wonderfully made, and that God is a good, good Father. Jesus, I greatly desire to cultivate the gift of your divine friendship. I want to be loved by you. Thank you for greatly desiring to be with me and for really wanting to make me happy. Help me to gratefully recognize all that you have already done for me and what I've already become because of your great love for me. I want to discover what it means to be a son in the sun. I want to enter into the grace and mystery of your own sonship. Lord, I want to stop surviving and start thriving by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please come into my heart and help me to courageously face all my fears. Help me to reconstruct my worldview so that you will always be at the center of my universe and seated on the throne of my heart. Please heal my heart and renew my mind. Please change my heart. Help me to feel what I am feeling deep down in my heart and in my body, too, without trying to avoid it or repress it. I don't want to be stoic anymore. Help me to be vulnerable with you and to be kind and gentle to myself. Help me to get in touch with all my good desires that have been stifled or buried and to become aware of my unconscious pain and anxiety so that I can experience the saving power of divine mercy more profoundly in my innermost being as I depend on you to be with me in all my trials and tribulations. Jesus, I want to experience your love for me in a personal way as I trust you to delicately deal with all the feelings deep inside of me and to free me from all the lies that I have believed about you and about myself. Please restore and perfect the image that I have of God and of myself. Help me to know and to always remember that you really want to make me happy and that you want me to be myself and to like myself just for who I am. Jesus, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I want to see and love in myself and in my brothers and sisters what you see and love in us. I want to experience the affection and joy of your divine friendship flowing from your pierced sacred heart. I ask you to pierce my heart, that is, to change my heart, and to unite my heart with the pierced, immaculate heart of Mary, so that I can also experience the warmth of Mary's companionship and live with her in a spirit of awe and wonder and gratitude, just like you and Joseph and John did. Thank you, Jesus. I trust in you.